The Chicago White Sox lost to the Los Angeles Dodgers on Tuesday night, 5-1. to one. Uh, Lance Lynn was awful in the first inning, uh, but ate some innings and lasted five. The offense was nowhere to be found as the White Sox are now 10 games under 500 and have to face Clayton Kershaw on Wednesday night. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome back to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Uh, We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also, check out our YouTube channel, uh, just search Locked on White Sox. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Chicago White Sox take on the Los Angeles Dodgers on Wednesday, Mike Clevenger, uh, we'll be on the hill, catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. State of the White Sox, not good. Uh, 29 and 39, five and a half games back in the AL Central. Uh, Sox lost to the Dodgers 5-1 to one, uh, Tuesday night in L.A. Uh, Lance Lynn was on the hill. Uh, for the White Sox, it went really bad, and then it kind of evened out for him, but uh, Sox could not figure out anything uh, offensively. Got all the details coming up uh, later here in this episode. Uh, prior to the game, uh, Liam Hendricks talked about his elbow inflammation. Uh, it's been sore for the last few weeks. Ever since before my rehab assignment, it was barking. But my mantra is to pitch through things until I can't. It kept getting a little worse and worse and worse until the last couple of outings, I wasn't able to pitch through uh, that pain. So we'll see uh, uh, how long he will be out for. Uh, Pedro Grafol uh, said Aloy Jimenez was somewhat available off the bench Tuesday night. Uh, It looked like he was going to maybe come into pinch hit there in the ninth inning, but uh, we never saw that. Uh, We are looking for him to be in the lineup Wednesday, uh, Grafol said. So that is good news. Uh, Top of first, uh, Gonsolin was in uh, on the mound for the L.A. Dodgers, uh, a flyout strikeout. Uh, Then Luis Robert Jr. had an eight-pitch at-bat that resulted into a walk Uh, and quickly stole second. Uh, Vaughn lined out to first to end the inning, but nice job manufacturing a man in scoring position. I thought that was uh, uh, some, I would say a rare display of discipline by Luis Robert Jr. there uh, to get that walk. 
uh, and quickly stole second base, uh, but nothing doing for the Sacks early on, uh, or really at all uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Bottom of first, uh, Lance Lynn had Mookie Betts on a one-two count and got him on a fastball for a strikeout. Uh, Lynn got away with one through a three-two cutter uh, to Freeman. It was middle of the plate. And it was a long foul, a ball down the right field line. Uh, Freeman's at bat ended in a walk. Uh, Then Will Smith crushed a 3-1 offering into the seats, out in left field, 2-0 Dodgers. Uh, It was a sinker that hung uh, around in the inside of the plate. A two-strike single from Hayward. uh, And then Lynn struck out J.D. Martinez on a cutter. Uh, Then Peralta jumped all over the first pitch he saw. Uh, smashed a two-out, two-run home run to center field. Four-nothing Dodgers. Lynn threw 32 pitches in the first inning. Uh, Top of second, nothing going on. Uh, The White Sox definitely do not have that uh, Los Angeles ability. Uh, Get a walk, get somebody on base. You know, the old bloop and blast thing that Ed Farmer used to talk about uh, way back when. Sox. They just don't have that uh, in in their arsenal. Uh, Every now and then, you know, we'll see a game uh, that they'll be able to put up some runs, uh, you know, bring out some home runs, two, three home runs in a game. Hopefully the bullpen doesn't have a meltdown, but that was not the case uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Bottom of second, uh, Lynn kept the Dodgers in the yard, uh, gave up a base hit, but that was it. Top of three, another quick inning for the White Sox. Just one hit for the Sox after three innings. Uh, bottom third, Lynn definitely settled down, uh, hitting the corners, changing the eye level, uh, strikeout, lineout, groundout. Uh, Lynn was at 62 pitches after three innings. Uh, top of four, Andrew Vaughn smoked one out to the gap. Uh, He had two hits on Tuesday night. It was tracked down, and Vaughn was held to a single. Uh, Sox managed a couple base runners, but nothing past second base. Uh, Yasmani Grandel grounded out weakly to second to end the inning. Uh, Bottom four, Lynn uh, with another strikeout by going to the top of the strike zone. We've seen a lot of White Sox pitchers uh, use that as their out pitch. Uh, And after really a disastrous first inning, uh, Lynn... Uh, was efficient, giving up just one hit. Top of five, Gosselin uh, issued a two-out walk to Tim Anderson. He seemed to lose his pinpoint command, went 2-0 to Benatendi, uh, but Andrew Benatendi grounded out to shortstop, end of inning. Look, I didn't think Gonsolin uh, was overpowering at all. I mean, he mixed up locations, he hit his spots. Sat around 91, 92 miles per hour with his fastball. Uh, that was it. You know, he 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 was able to spot things. He had his location down for the most part. Uh, bottom five, uh, Lynn made adjustments since the first inning, you know, or maybe the Dodgers just lost focus and were content with four runs. Uh, Lynn got help from a nice play by Sheets in right field, falling over the wall into foul territory to end the inning. Uh, top of six, uh, Gonsolin really putting on a clinic when it came to hitting the corners, did it again in the sixth, especially at the bottom of the strike zone, outside corner, inside corner. Uh, Sox just didn't make the adjustments, didn't look prepared, and thus did not have answers. Two hits after six innings. 
Uh, bottom six, uh, Lance Lynn was at 101 pitches after a leadoff single by Hayward. Uh, then he uh, took a ball uh, in the dirt. I, I'm sorry, Hayward stole second uh, after there was a ball in the dirt. L.A. with runners at first and second. Nobody out. Verfol at this point came out to get Lynn, and Crochet entered. Uh, Mancata couldn't handle a ground ball. Bases loaded, nobody out. Uh, Vargas sack fly made it five nothing Dodgers uh, sacks with nothing in the top of the seventh uh, bottom seven crochet still in the game he had a slider working uh, which was nice to see and Clint Frazier threw a frozen rope to home plate uh, from right field to nail Mookie Betts for the final out he was flexing and all kinds of excited uh, it was a nice throw but sacks were down five nothing at this point uh, top of eight for the Sox. Still nothing going on. Uh, Tanner Banks comes into the ball game in the eighth. Uh, uh, top of nine. Andrew Vaughn uh, had a leadoff double. First extra base hit for the White Sox. Sox had runners at the corners. Nobody out. Uh, Berger struck out. You got a sack fly uh, uh, that brought Vaughn home. 5-1 Dodgers, and that is how it ended uh, Lance Lynn's final line, five innings, six hits, four earned runs, uh, two walks, six strikeouts, gave up a couple home runs. Uh, his ERA now at uh, 6.75. Uh, that has got to be up there absolutely as the league worst uh, for starting pitchers ERA in all of baseball. He threw 105 pitches. A uh, bullpen consisted of crochet and banks, uh, Crochet went two innings, gave up a couple hits, but three strikeouts. His slider looked really good. Uh, he was in command of that. Sacks offense, uh, one run, three hits, one extra base hit, 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. Left six guys on base. Uh, just an ugly night all the way around offensively. Uh, Bob Nightingale. He did not miss another opportunity to defend Tony Larusa and deflect from the real White Sox problems. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, uh, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their price. Uh, best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have uh, game time is the last is the best place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more uh, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, uh, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Uh, download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Uh, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price uh, guaranteed. The White Sox face off against the Dodgers again on Wednesday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. 
So Bob Nightingale uh, once again opened his mouth on Tuesday talking about the White Sox. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, 670, the score was where he was talking. Uh, USA Today sports columnist Bob Nightingale believes the time is fast approaching for the struggling White Sox to hit the reset button. All spring, they were saying, look at what the new manager is doing, Pedro Grafol. He's done nothing. It's the same thing, Nightingale said on the Mully and Haw show on Tuesday morning. I was joking that they should give Tony La Russa another plaque in Cooperstown for actually winning with this team. Nobody else has been able to do it. I think they've got no choice but to break that thing up. Obviously, it's not working. The third manager is unable to do much with it. I think it's very frustrating particularly all spring. They kept saying, this is the year. Look at all the new energy and stuff is happening. It's the same old story. Nothing has changed since a year ago. Uh, And that was Bob Nightingale. You're going to blame Pedro Grifol. Throw Grifol under the bus. Uh, Look, Bob is putting out the message that the front office wants us to hear. Uh, Tony Larusa defense, no surprise there, but also protecting Rick and, and Kenny and, and Jerry. Uh, break this thing up has to apply to Reinsdorf, Hahn, and Williams. Uh, but Bob, of course, is a Jerry mouthpiece. Uh, he is putting this information out there because that's the information that the Sox front office wants out there. Uh, there are so many issues with the with this team it's the same stuff year after year because we look at what happened in the offseason year after year after year maybe if money was allocated properly to address all the holes and maybe a manager that's managed before was put in place uh, with some success maybe things might be different maybe if the return to accustomed levels or anticipated levels by white Sox players actually occurred Uh, Things would have changed. But in the end, to fault Pedro Grifol is to be purposefully blind to the real issues. Uh, As Rick Hahn has said before, it's the players who play the game. And when they don't achieve at the level we've projected, they certainly bear a level of responsibility for that. But at the end of the day, the people who put the players on the roster, put them on the field, are the ones who bear the responsibility if that group doesn't achieve. That's me. Uh, I believe that, you know, should also go for the ones who put the manager in charge. This was uh, Han's guy. Grafol was absolutely Han's guy. Uh, He is struggling. Uh, He is not able to figure this out. Uh, And there's so many other different reasons. Uh, But to blame a first-year manager... Uh, when obviously there's other stuff happening and, and it's all a lot of it is front office stuff. This whole thing needs to be absolutely uh, just exploded. It, it's unfortunate, but not all on uh, Pedro Grifol at all. And he should not be thrown under the bus like that by Nightingale. Uh, this is an article by Brittany Garoli out of The Athletic. Uh, five MLB teams that need a turnaround to make the playoffs and their chances to do so. Uh, she covered, uh, obviously, five teams. The White Sox were the last team featured here. Here's the, 
a short blurb I pulled from what she had to say. The White Sox entered Monday with a 7.1% chance to make the playoffs, which considering they're in the American League Central and being at 500 is enough for first place, it's incredibly telling. Every year, it seems like we wonder if this group in Chicago will turn it around, stave off the injury bug, and do what they were projected to do years ago. It's a highly winnable division. The team has changed managers. It's changed player personnel. At what point do the organizational problems run deeper? I mean, now, now, yesterday, last year, they've been running deeper for a long time. Maybe more, uh, you know, national writers that are not a puppet for Reinsdorf will come to realize that the problems are just not on the surface. They run deep. And maybe the forgiving AL Central just can't save the White Sox this season. Uh, L.A. is getting a pretty good look at some potential trade pieces. I don't think they were terribly impressed. Uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Mike Clevenger and Clayton Kershaw are the scheduled starters for Wednesday night in Los Angeles. It's been a long time since the White Sox have seen Kershaw. Uh, More on that in a moment. So Sox uh, at Dodgers uh, on Wednesday. I was at uh, Dodger Stadium many, many years ago. Uh, I would say about 20 years ago. I went with my very good friend, uh, and co-host on the uh, Good Guys Talk Back podcast, Pat Hester. Uh, we were visiting his brother who lived out in L.A., and uh, we just saw it was just a random Dodgers game. It might have been the Marlins-Dodgers uh, sat out in, uh, I think, the left-center outfield, got a Dodger dog, had the whole experience. I mean, nothing, you know, amazing, but there's a lot of history, obviously, and, and nostalgia there, and I think it's a place to, you know, check off of, like, those – those uh, antique stadiums, you almost want to call it, I think uh, built around 1960, 1962. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's something to see. You know, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles, nothing like the modern stadiums this day and age. Uh, kind of difficult uh, to get to and definitely uh, to get out of. A lot of folks leaving uh, very early. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'd like to get out there, though, to see the White Sox play the Dodgers eventually uh, sometime uh, in the future. And now with this new schedule, that might happen sooner rather than later. But uh, on Wednesday night, Sox trying to do it again, Clevenger, Kershaw. Uh, Mike Clevenger has an 0-2 record uh, with an ERA of 9.69 and 11 strikeouts in three appearances against the Dodgers in his career, all three outings. Uh, coming when he was with the Padres last season. Uh, Clevenger is 3-4 and four with an ERA of 4.19 and 48 strikeouts in 11 peer appearances uh, this season. Last time we saw Clevenger, uh, he got roughed up a bit uh, by the Yankees. Uh, five and two-thirds, six hits, three earned runs, two home runs, a walk, uh, two strikeouts. Uh, Yankees just absolutely punished his mistakes. Uh, I guess as of the Dodgers uh, for Lynn, uh, you know, Lynn just, I mean, they're just not competitive pitches, you know, and, and you're playing against a team that can hit. They're a good team. You know, he, he can't make these mistakes like it's the Royals or the Guardians. Uh, you know, 
this is a tough stretch for the Sox, rest of June and into July. And when his number comes back up again, if they're going to still let him continue to pitch, because I don't know, you know, where else are you going to get these innings from? Maybe Schultons, maybe Schultons can do this if that's the route that they want to go. There is almost zero depth uh, in ter terms of arms that can be brought up uh, to take Lynn's spot. It's a sad situation. It's been, you know, one of the problems that, you know, Bob Nightingale talking about in his, you know, little blurb and, and uh, the article in The Athletic by Brittany Garoli. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff happening that, you know, just hasn't panned out for the White Sox in all different facets. And the farm system right now is so depleted. Uh, and what we have in terms of assets at the trade deadline, uh, you know, it's going to have to be off of the roster, right? And so do you really see this White Sox team uh, trying to buy? To, to win the AL Central, you know, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. It, it absolutely does not. Uh, again, who knows? They could come back and they they could take two or three from the Dodgers. I'm trying to be serious. Uh, they could. Anything's possible. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has four appearances against the White Sox in his career. Uh, two and one record with an ERA of 2.88 and 26 strikeouts. Uh, his last appearance against the Southsiders was in 2017. Uh, 2017, that was uh, the first year of the rebuild with Ricky Renteria. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, I'm, that was his last appearance against the Sox. His first appearance uh, was in 2008. Unbelievable. Uh, game 163, the Jim Tomey home run against the Twins. Sox getting bounced by the Rays. Uh, that was a fun year. 2008 was a very fun year. Uh, they made uh, they made baseball very fun throughout the summer uh, and then uh, made that final push at the very end. Uh, I was at one of those uh, Rays games. I was at the last game uh, when they got, when they lost uh, the series uh, dejecting because you were with that team uh, and it was exciting and you were with it the whole season long, every single inning, every single pitch. Uh, and then it, yeah, I, I thought maybe the Rays were a tough team. I thought maybe, you know, you never know. Uh, maybe we'd play, uh, you know, kind of sleeper, but that didn't uh, work out. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has been pitching for a long time. Uh, Kershaw is eight and four with an ERA of 2.95 and 93 strikeouts and 13 appearances this season. Uh, who knows? You know, it, it, this is such a bizarre White Sox team. Uh, for a lot of different reasons. Maybe they hit Clayton Kershaw uh, on Wednesday. Maybe the Sox come to life uh, and they bounce Kershaw like, like the Sox did against Verlander. Uh, it, man, it, the, all these seasons seem to kind of blend in. I, it was, I feel like it was a couple years ago, maybe, uh, where, they, where they went after uh, Verlander, who was super hot with the uh, Astros. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Sox do that. Uh, I... I the offense is what's really troubling me uh, with this team. You know, the the pitch, the starting pitching has been there aside from Lance Lynn, who, again, after the first inning, you know, he was able to hold his ground, eat some innings. Uh, offense, if the offense were able to get, you know, two, three runs, it, it might have been a different story. But still, you cannot give up four runs like that uh, when the Sox are trying to win on the margins and the offense is just not there consistently. You have these spurts. Uh, well, they'll they'll have like a blast of runs in a game, you know, five, six runs. They'll get a couple home runs. Something like that happened on Sunday. They scored in two innings. 
you know, three three runs, one inning. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. with the two-run home run. It's like, there you go. There's our five runs. And, and then the bullpen collapses. It just hasn't been consistent. You know, that that the first game, the Marlins, uh, you know, the first first game of that series, if it wasn't for Luis Robert Jr. walking off, sacks were like one for 11, one for 12 with runners in scoring position. I feel like they've just been hiding a little bit. And thankfully, the starting pitching has been so good. Uh, and when you get an outing that isn't good, uh, like what happened on Tuesday for Lance Lynn, and the offense is still like, well, we're still inept. We still can't figure it out. It, it's really glaring and unfortunate. So, yeah, I, who knows what type of team is going to show up. I think there needs to be some massive lineup. Uh, you know, just you have to switch up this this lineup. You've got to change things up. You know, Tim Anderson, I'm sorry, man. I, I know you're you're in a tough spot. There's a lot going on in your life and uh, you're at a point where if you could if you stay on the south side, that's great. If you leave, that's great. It, you know, I don't see the White Sox signing this guy, giving this guy, a, a, you know, a hundred million dollar contract, if not more to be the future on the south side. Uh, and he's just not the type of leadoff hitter that he has been uh, over the years. He, things have got to change. Gavin Sheets, pretty inept uh, these days offensively. Uh, we're talking more about his defense uh, than about his offense. Um, Clint Frazier is kind of a better solution out there, uh, but you want that lefty bat. Uh there, there, it's a whole, it's a whole mess that Grafol I think just doesn't. He's like, I thought this was going to probably be a lot easier. I, I thought I was going to be able to fill out this lineup card with the type of roster that we had. You know, I'd have a a, a really energetic spring training, and we'd be able to figure this out. They'll they'll produce for me and my coaching staff. We'll be able to turn this thing around. Uh, there just needs to be a different message and a different approach. Whatever approach he was pitching in the offseason and in Cactus League play, I'm sorry, but they're either not listening, they don't know how to put it in, or they are just failing at it. it maybe it's a combination of a lot of different things. Uh, again, it's the AL Central. It's a forgiving division. But now we're starting to see this schedule, I think, uh, that we were talking about. Watch out for June. Uh, watch out for July. Uh, you got two more with the Dodgers, then you go to Seattle, then you come home against one of the hotter teams in all of baseball, the Texas Rangers. So uh, we'll see how Clevenger is on the mound and if the Sox can get things going against uh, one of the best uh, has done it lately uh, in the last uh, 15, 20 years, Clayton Kershaw. Folks, thanks so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at a lockdown socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTB. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, socks take on the Dodgers on Wednesday in LA. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day. Hey, every dayers. You know who you are. On the next episode, I will recap Dylan Cease's outing and hopefully, uh, I'm sorry, Mike Clevenger's outing. Uh, Cease will be on Thursday. Uh, hopefully, somehow, some way, talking about a White Sox winner. Appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.